Welcome to the Discover You Podcast with your host, James Hooper, spiritual and personal discovery author, speaker, teacher, and coach. James helps you find who you were created to be and guides you to the most fulfilling life you can experience. On this podcast, we'll guide you through discovering what energizes and motivates you, why you think the way you think, act the way you act, and react the way you react. We'll learn together how to grow through spiritual truths to become the best version of yourself possible. If you haven't yet, please subscribe so you won't miss an episode. Also, you can go to your favorite podcast platform and leave a review and rating. This will help others find us so they can begin their own growth journey. The episode you're about to hear is previously been released. I wanted to replay these episodes to kind of give us a refresher on the motivational gifts, the whole reason I started this podcast. Now, you'll hear in some of the episodes that I'm working on a book that I plan on releasing soon. Well, of course, I've already released that book, so you can go to discoveryou-book.com, discoveryou-book.com, and you can download the first chapter of the book. You can actually click a link. It'll take you to Amazon. You can order the book. Also, there is a link that you can click to download the 70-question assessment so you can see where each motivational gift lies inside of you. Now, I hope you enjoy these repeat episodes, and I plan on coming out with some new ones coming in a few weeks. Well, welcome back to the Discover You podcast. We're going through the motivational gifts that we've been discussing and understanding that what energizes us motivates us. So we've been through four of the motivational gifts, been through perceiving, serving, teaching, and encouraging. We've got three more to go. And on this episode, we're going to be talking about the motivational gift of giving. Motivational gift of giving. Now, some of you that aren't familiar with the church language and stuff like that may think, well, this is kind of odd, kind of an odd name for motivational gift. Just stay with me. Uh, it may be pretty interesting to you. And if you haven't taken the assessment, I encourage you to go ahead and do that. You can find a link in the description box of the podcast. Uh, so more than likely, you have to copy and paste it. Uh, it may not be a hyperlink, so you have to copy and paste it into your browser, and then it'll open it up, and you can print it, download it, whatever you need to do, and complete the assessment. That way you get a, a good snapshot of where you are right now, what your strengths are, what, uh, how you fall in all seven categories, you know, how much of which gift you have. And the top three will be your strongest ones. And so uh, I have known a couple of people that actually had, uh, like one of the top three was actually tied with number four, so they didn't have a number four. But uh, that's kind of a rare instance, but it, it happens. So we'll, we can discuss that again later. So if you've not taken the assessment, please do that, and this will get you a little more information. But the Greek word that we're interpreting that has been translated into the English in giving is metadidus, metadidus, M-E-T-A-D-I-D-O-U-S, metadidus. It means to turn over or to give over, to share or transfer. So the definition of giving used uh, in, in this study is the ability to understand the material needs of others 
and then meet those needs generously. I'll repeat that, the ability to understand the material needs of others and then meet those needs generously. Some with, the, with this gift tend to live simply and keep what they need while giving the rest away. Again, these are generalized statements. Doesn't apply to everyone. Depends on what your other uh, strengths are. But this gift, uh, a lot of times, is associated with people that like to live the simple life and keep the excess to give away. Now, the concept embodied by this gift is the giving or sharing of what one has with others in a manner, manner that is neither in secret or with reluctance. So they're not uh, afraid to let people know what they've given. They're not afraid that somebody's going to find out what they've given. So, you know, you don't they don't hide it. If you have the, the motivational gift of giving, you will find ways of giving or sharing what you have with someone else. And so, as you can imagine, this the category that giving falls into is doing. It's a doing gift. And so uh, one of the things we have to remember is income is not the only way to determine whether someone has the gift of giving. Givers also donate their time through volunteer work or help others in some way. They are characterized by hospitality. Perhaps the easiest way to identify a giver is their generous and charitable nature. They're always giving of themselves, always uh, a lot like the server, uh, the serving gift in that they're giving of themselves but uh, the serving they don't it doesn't involve money hardly ever it's usually always doing some doing something physical doing an activity for someone but the giver it will it could be money or giving of their time uh, that sort of thing they're always trying to look uh, for a way to give something to someone something that they have that's the whole idea something that I have I want to give to you. It's just a charitable nature. They're very generous, uh, very kind, typically. Now, in an organization, this tend, this extends to making personal sacrifices of time and self. So in businesses um, or in ministries, when you have volunteers, they will give uh, extra time and give of their self more than others will. The givers can make wonderful customer service representatives because they enjoy taking care of needs, often going above and beyond to satisfy a customer. See, when the patience and generosity of others has run out, the true giver will continue to be gracious. Well, let's spend a little bit of time on this customer service representative job. Because of the fact that they are typically dealing with customer issues. Uh, CSRs are typically handling issues as they come in. Not always. That's not everything they do. But you want to empower your CSR that has the gift of giving. You want to empower them to be able to do what they have to do to meet the customer's needs, to satisfy the customer. Because of the fact that they are, they are givers, they need to have resources to give. And so if you will empower them and resource them and let them know 
to the extent they can go to to meet needs, they will be your advocate for the customer. And they're going to give everything they possibly can. You'll have to, some of them you may have to put a little bit of, pull back the reins a little bit because they'll give away the farm to start with and let them know, listen, we need to go to levels and say, okay, this we go to this level, we'll give this much. If it escalates, we go to this much. If it escalates beyond that, we go to this much. So, you know, you may have to put some criteria in place for those with the gift of giving because they just want to give. They just want to give because they're generous and they want to give to people. So you know, be sure and empower them and resource them. That's that's true with all of them. Uh, again, we talked about in the encouraging episode that uh, CSRs are really good uh, to be encouragers as well. Now, givers are fulfilled by knowing the gift they gave, whether they gave money or time or resources, knowing that that gift brought joy and aid to another, whether the recipient knew the source or not, whether the person knew who gave it to them or not, they want to see the benefits. They want to see the resulting benefit. Now, remember, uh, the encourager is that way. They are not satisfied until they see the person encouraged. The teacher, however, the teacher, they are they are fulfilled just by teaching, just by teaching. They want you to get it. They want you to to learn. They want you to gain an understanding of what they're saying. But the fulfillment comes from the actual teaching. These gifts, the encourager and the giver. They actually have to see results to feel fulfilled. Um, in fact, at some point, if they don't see results, they will actually draw back from doing what they're doing and get their feelings hurt because people aren't being benefited by what they're doing. So we've got to, you know, help them to get through this. Uh, now, they, the givers tend to be frugal and industrious people. Depending on other dominant gifts working in the giver's life, a giver tends to have an independent nature. And so we have to give them some latitude, give them some space because they want to be, they want to determine what they, uh, how they live their life and how they do it. And so when I talked about the whole CSR issue, we do have to put parameters around some, but if you don't have to, if you don't see them abusing it, then let them be independent, let them own, own the bank so that they can give as they see fit. Most of them will be will be wise enough to not give away everything at, at up front, but you'll have to just kind of feel that out. Now they're motivated uh, by a desire to help others. Uh, and you'll notice a lot of these gifts are for others. Actually, the gifts are given to us for others. That's just a foregone conclusion. It's just a statement that I should have made up front. All of these gifts are given for others, but the giver is actually does is motivated by the desire to help people because they see a need, just like a server does. They see a need and they want to meet that need. And so that's where, how they get motivated. That's where they get their energy. And then once it's, they see the need met and there's, you know, it's brought joy to someone, their needs been met, that sort of thing, then they get fulfilled. Uh, sometimes this is through charitable work or organizations that provide food or medical treatment to the disadvantaged. Now, other givers excel in critical thinking and design and math and sciences, enabling them to establish projects or organizations of their own that provide directly for these needs. 
So this is a characteristic I've noticed in, in quite a few givers is the fact that they don't see the needs that they see the needs that they see, they don't see people meeting them correctly, meeting them sufficiently, meeting them fully. And so a lot of them will actually take it on themselves to actually create their own organization, their own nonprofit, their own uh, NGO to meet these needs the way they see fit. And they'll start gathering people around them that see it the same way and have the same viewpoint as they do. And they're, and they're, they're highly uh, intellectual. Um, they're, you know, they're very good critical thinkers. They can think through processes because they see an ultimate end. And so they will think through it. Now, even if this entrepreneurial tendency is not seen, givers often find themselves managing or working in positions that require financial and mathematical proficiency, you know, things like accounting and financial planning, investing, budget analysis, account, accounts payable departments. They'll be handling finances for organizations in some way. They, they have to have their hands on money because that's what they're good at. It's just they have this entrepreneurial tendency and then they're good at it. There are some givers who do not experience the financial aspect of their gift. Again, remember, these are generalized statements. In these cases, however, a giver is still compelled to meet a particular need of others through a specific gifting in their life. See, a giver could have a serving gift uh, in the top as well. And so they may meet a need through serving and that sort of thing. The server, if the serving need, let's, let's look, do a scenario. So if server, the serving gift is actually higher on the list than the giving, then actually the server, apt to, the server aspects, the things that they want to do, working behind the scenes, the uh, seeing things that need to be done, that sort of thing. This is where the entrepreneurial thing will not apply as much. They just want to work behind the scenes. They just want to you know, do something for someone. The giving aspect will feed that. However, if the giving gift is higher, that's when the entrepreneurial tendencies tend to be stronger. So a true giver is motivated to be generous and gracious. Again, as a rule, Almost every person I know personally that has the giving gift that's high in their uh, motivational gifts, they are they're very generous, always giving to somebody, always doing something for somebody. And then they're usually always very gracious uh, because they just, they just have that whole demeanor. So now when comparing this gift to a part of the body, like we've been doing the others, this is the actual arms of the group or of the organization. They are the arms. They're the ones that outreach. They're the ones that that do things for the organization. They they sometimes have the ability to make money easily. Um, they're motivated to help others. Their motivation to help others um, come under principles of good money management. They're motivated to support causes they're particularly connected with. The money-making aspect is why a lot of times entrepreneurs are givers. See, I've read, I heard a study on entrepreneurs and on businesses, and people that start businesses just to make money, 
the largest percentage of them fail. However, those that start a business to meet a need usually succeed. The highest percentage of them succeed. Not all of them succeed. Not all of the others fail. So, But the highest percentage of them that are meeting a need, that's when they succeed. And the entrepreneur, a lot of times, is a giver because they want, they see a need, they want to give to that need. And so money just comes to people that want to give, people that have the desire to give and have the the uh, intellect and all these things, the entrepreneurial tendencies, money will just find them. They'll, they attract people with money because of the fact, let me tell you this, because of the fact they are so passionate about giving that they win people over. They, they're passionate about meeting this need in the marketplace or whatever it is, that they that passion attracts people with resources and they want to you know, have a part of that. Whether it's venture capitalists or it's, you know, whatever funding, they, it'll find them. A donor. I wanted to break away from the podcast for just a minute to thank the sponsor of this episode. Now, if you've ever wanted to start a podcast or if you've already started one but find it hard to do, why don't you try Anchor.fm? That's what I'm using for this podcast. Anchor.fm is the easiest, most flexible way to publish a podcast on the market. You can record, edit, add music, or anything else directly from your phone. That's what I'm doing for this ad. I'm recording it from my phone. You can record it from a tablet or your desktop. Best of all, it's free. Totally free. So, if you ever wanted to start a podcast and all the distributions handled by Anchor, everything's handled by Anchor, just try anchor.fm and you'll become a raving fan like I am. And I want to thank them for sponsoring this episode. Now, back into the episode. That sort of thing. They really have a, a rapport with their donors because they want people to help participate in meeting this one need. But they really want, they really have, are motivated to help people uh, get un, and understand the principles of good money management because they're, ju- they're just naturally good at that as a rule, naturally good at that. And sporting causes that they, they're always connected with. They're, they're gifted to make money. Money is their friend. They don't. They don't serve money. They don't um, love money. They don't have to have money, but money's just a friend, and it's a tool for them. Uh, they love to give money because it excites them. It excites them to give money to people. Uh, they may not have a lot of money. See, some of them might not have a lot of money. Some of them will. Some won't. But they give and are careful with what they have. The reason why they have money, as a rule, those that that it attracts money, the reason they live, most of them live frugally or they live simply, um, will be so they can have money to give to others. Um, the pros and cons, the, the pro of this gift is the giver is motivated to make money and to give money, simply put. The con is the, vote, the motivation to make money and handle money properly opens the door for hoarding and stinginess. Now, there's a classic example of this, and this you may not think about this, but Scrooge is a classic example. 
of this. Scrooge could make money, but he he ultimately saw he was a giver. At the end, you saw he was a giver, but he was afraid to let go of his money because he was afraid he wouldn't have any more money because of the fact his partner died and those sort of things. And so he just, he's gathering the money, gathering the money, gathering the money, and doesn't have pity on anybody until he has an, has this experience with the, the three spirits, opens his eyes to what he's become because he was, he was different than that when he was young. Then that gift was reawakened through the visiting of the spirits. Again, this is a fictional story, but it's just a good example to know. So after he had the, the visitation of the spirits, then his eyes were opened and he was just generous. He was giving to everybody and he was happy. He was, he was back to who he was designed to be. And so those with the gift of giving have to guard against this. Uh, the, the initial reason why you, you keep all your money is so you can give it to somebody, but then you're afraid you're going to run out if you give it away. So you hold on to it. You don't have that gift awakened in you again. Become a hoarder. Also, now there's this is the antithesis of that. They can be known to give everything away and not take care of themselves. I Me, mean, uh, I, I know uh, some people that had um, have a ministry or they used to have a ministry, and they prided themselves in saying every penny that you give goes to the to those in need. Every penny that you give goes to those in need. And that's a very, very altruistic statement. It's a very honorable statement. However, the reality is, unless you have someone funding your your bills, paying your bills, somebody supplying money for you, for your needs, at some point you're going to run out of money. You're going to run out of people. You're only going to be giving a certain amount and you're not going to be taken care of. These, these people that I know had to go from house to house because they kept losing their house. They kept losing their cars because they, they wouldn't take care of themselves. Now, see, if they had administrated that right, and as donations came in, they reserved a small percentage of it for administrative costs, which would include marketing and salary and stuff like that. If they, they had done that, then it would have been more of a sustainable model. Now, I know ministries that people give just to the organization for the support of the administration, just to pay for all the administration for the marketing. And so every penny that everybody else gives goes 100% to the need. That's, that's great. That's wonderful. But if you don't have people that are designating that that's to you, then you have to pull some aside to take care of you so you can run the organization. Because if you don't have the time, if you're scrambling you know, working three jobs trying to pay your bills, you don't have time to really administrate the, the ministry. And it's it's suffering because of that. Plus, if you use a portion of it for marketing, in other words, telling more people about the ministry, telling, getting it out there in front of more people, you actually will gain more donors. Again, I'm talking from experience, and I know this because I've been around a nonprofit all my life. If you will take a portion of it, and I'm not take, talking about an exorbitant amount of money. I'm just talking about a, a reasonable amount of money set aside for administrative costs, which include marketing. Marketing will then get the word out. More people will be aware of the cause. 
will be aware of the need and they'll want to participate. If people don't know about it, they won't participate. And the thing is, is you will actually multiply that little portion that you kept, that reasonable portion, you'll multiply that and create more donors. And so you'll be able to give more to the cause, more to the need, more of it will go there because of the fact that you're actually taking care of your ability to administrate the, the business of the ministry, uh, take care of the marketing aspects, to, you know, all the, the costs that are associated, mailing costs and, and what have you, that will take care of it. So you, we've got to have strategy about that. But people with the gift of giving sometimes will actually, in their mind, thinking this is such a great thing, is give everything to the cause. And that's good, but you're only helping temporarily. It's not a sustainable model. If you really want to help that cause, you need to build a sustainable model that you can take the time to administrate, that you can advertise, that you can market, that you can let people know about it so that you can actually benefit that cause greater uh, with a, a greater amount of money or, or resources or whatever it is. I'm just I'm saying money, but it, it can apply to anything whatever it is. Now, carrying on, the giver is offended if you don't listen to their financial advice. And so they, and a lot of times they'll offer financial advice. And it's good to have that because they will, a lot of them are smart. They're money wise. And so it's good to listen to them, but they get offended if you don't um, pay attention to their advice. And then debt offends them has a lack of financial planning. People with the gift of giving, they don't believe in debt. Now, I'm not going to get off into a lot about debt because there's a lot of several schools of thought, and I'm not really advocating one or the other. Um, I, I personally don't, uh, don't like debt because it's just a bondage. It keeps you down. You're, you're always you know, having to service that debt and you have to service a debt, then that's money that's not there to do, you know, what you're trying to accomplish. Um, you know, it's, it's borrowing from tomorrow to, for today. That being said, there are times when you have to have debt. You have to get started, you know, like you're an entrepreneur and that sort of thing. You need some, some capital to actually to get going and get started. Um, you know, I understand as growth happens that there are times that the growth out uh, out goes is larger. The growth is larger than the income. The growth potential is larger than the income, and so you have to to do. But I'm but my admonishment is to to you know put that debt away as quick as possible. Retire that debt as quickly as possible. You know, if you have to kind of, you know, hold off doing some, some things, put that debt away so that you don't have that hanging around you because it, there are going to come down times. It's never, it's not always going to be up and to the right. It's not always going to be, there are going to be lean times. There are going to be times in business when you, you don't need to have all that debt because if you do, when it becomes lean times, then you're going to have to start leaning on layoffs and things like that, then you're affecting people's lives and livelihoods and their families. And, and you know, if you care for people that much, then it's always wise to make sure that you, 
you know, you've got as little debt as possible and that you can operate and you're generating as much cash as you possibly can. And uh, so, anyway, that's my business advice, though. I'm not a financial expert. But I, you just, you'll find out I have opinions on everything, and I don't mind sharing them. But anyway, so let's get to, uh, quickly, we'll go over a few jobs or careers or activities that those with the gift of giving could be involved in. They, should, they could be money analysts or, or money counselors. They could be an accountant, an auditor, uh, bankers. Uh, board members, it's always good to have at least one giver on your board, and that way you get that viewpoint. They can be a broker, uh, business managers, uh, a buyer. You know, if you're if you're in a company and you need you have people that are buyers, it's always smart to have people with the gift of giving because they're going to try not to spend as much money as possible so that we have money left over to do do something with. So. Uh, that's always good. A chief financial officer, the controller of the organization, economists, uh, again entrepreneurs, fundraisers, because they're passionate about the, if they're passionate about the cause, you need a giver on as a one of your fundraisers. People who do fundraising, investors, philanthropists, uh, purchasing agents, uh, trustees, that sort of thing. So there's a lot of things that the giving will benefit you in. If you don't have the gift of giving, it's always good to realize those that are around you that have that gift so that you can glean from their wisdom and their understanding. There's just natural abilities that they have, and if you emulate them, then it will it'll help you and it'll benefit you. So that's the gift of the giving, and so I hope I've explained it a little bit better to you now and you understand what I'm talking about. Um, you know, because it's kind of an odd term for a gift for those that you know haven't been around in, in us in church it's just kind of something we talk about all the time as you as you can tell because the scripture tells us to be to be to give and it shall be given to be a cheerful giver to you know that sort of thing it prompts us to give to people and uh, that's a characteristic uh, generosity is a characteristic of being uh, Christian. And so that's just why that term is really easy for us to understand and comprehend. So anyway, I hope you join us next time. And we've got two more of the gifts to talk about. And then uh, we'll see where we go from there. Uh, if you haven't yet, be sure and subscribe to the podcast. That's the easiest way for you not to miss an episode. I try to release every Tuesday at 6 a.m. Central Standard Time. And so that way it automatically comes in when you get up on Tuesday morning, it should be there. And that way you, you can listen to it if you, you know, go jogging or you go to the gym or, or whatever you do, or if you're you know, driving on the way to work or that sort of thing, you have, it'll be accessible for you to listen to it. Share it on your social media. If you, if you enjoy this, if you think it's helping you and it, it would help others, there's a share button on every post. Just Click the share button and share it to whatever social media platforms that you use and you're most comfortable with and let people know about it and it will send them a link and they can listen to it and that sort of thing. That'll help get the word out. Also, if you do me a favor and take just a few moments and to go on to the app, uh, podcast app that you're using and leave a, leave a rating and a review. And if you'll do that, 
and if they're good rates ratings, then will actually appear in searches, appear higher in searches, and so people can find us easier. And so that's just a favor I ask of you. Um, just take a few minutes to do that. It won't take long. I mean, you don't even have to. You don't. I don't think you have to even actually leave any review at all. Uh, you can just do you know whatever, you know, four or five stars, whatever you want to do, and that way people can find it easier. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to listen, and I really believe that this is helping someone. It helped me. It's always helping me, still helping me. I'm making life decisions based on knowing my gifts, and uh, it's given me more direction. I am more fulfilled than I've ever been in my life, and I've done a lot of things in my life. And you know, Maybe one day we'll talk about that, but I have done a ton of things in my life and tried so many things, but until I discovered my strengths, until I discovered my motivational gifts, and I started pursuing them, then I never felt as fulfilled as I have today. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Discover You podcast with your host, James Hooper. This podcast exists to help you grow both spiritually and personally. If you enjoyed it and think others could benefit from the content provided, please go to your favorite podcast platform and leave a review and rating. This will help others find us more easily. Also, if you haven't already, subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thank you for joining us for the Discover You podcast.